Welcome to Wuffles Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wuffle. The Green Bay Packers couldn't have picked a better week to have a buy on their schedule. The Packers are coming off disappointing back-to-back losses, and more importantly, they are riddled with injuries including several to key players. Greetings, I'm Gary Wolfel, and it's a pleasure again to be joined by Rob Reichel of Forbes.com. Hello, my friend. How are you, buddy? Jet-lagged? Yeah, I do. It's crazy. Uh, I've flown overseas several times, but this time uh, the jet lag caught up to me, and I had a whopping three hours of sleep last night, so this should be a hell of a podcast. (laughs) We We might have to hit the dump button two or three times, right, Gary? Yeah, minimum. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I'll tell you what, you uh, had some good news in your family this week. Your daughter uh, advanced to the WIAA State Tennis Tournaments, and uh, congrats to her and you and the family. Uh, should be a fun time. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, thanks for giving me a second to, to plug it. We are doing this podcast about six hours before she will take the court at Lovely Nielsen in, in Madison. She plays number one doubles for Sussex Hamilton. Uh, her name is Madison, ironically, named after the city that I love so much and attended school at. And uh, her, her partner is named Nicole Moore, who's just a tremendous, tremendous tennis player. Nicole could probably be there by herself as a singles player. My daughter's a really nice player as well. They formed a nice doubles team, Gary. They, get, they got through the sectional from hell. Last week, seven of the top 10 teams in the state at the sectional in the infinite wisdom of the WIAA, they, they always seem to, uh, you know, find a way to put the best of the best together and and make a sectional, a state tournament, which is, which is kind of what that was, but my kid and her, her partner got through it and, and they'll be over in Madison today to, to try to, uh, you know, make some noise at, at the state tournament. My kid's a senior, so it's a great way for her to end her high school career. Should be a lot of fun for everybody. Oh, absolutely. That, that That's fantastic. And, uh, you know, Madison's fortunate to have a mother who's so athletically inclined. <laughs> I, I, I always say, Gary, she, she got my wife's athleticism and, and my kind of heart eye of the tiger approach to life. So it's, I thought uh, you, that you were going to say your good looks, but hey, <laughs> uh, I, I don't have I don't have those. My wife got those too, Gary. So there you go. all righty well best of luck again to everybody there and uh rob you know the packers have obviously played five games uh and uh, they've won two of them they lost three and uh, i thought maybe uh on this podcast we'd kind of reflect on the first five games and the pros and cons of those first five games things that you were encouraged by things that you were discouraged by and uh let's start out with the positives because you know this is a positive podcast <laughs> positive as mike mccarthy used to say find the positives here. there you go so aws positive <laughs> we got to get them on our podcast sometime yeah i know you guys are tight so i do i do love mike mccarthy yeah i really do he's he's an every man Any, anybody in this state he could go have a beer with and 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 have a good time with um you know, Gary, he might have some time on his hands if things don't go well the next 11 or 12 <laughs> games for him in Dallas. I think he's going to be just fine. But uh, anyways, let, let's let's throw out three things that, uh, you sure. know, kind of encouraged you. I'll go with one, then you go with one. We'll just go back and forth. And uh, my first one is, uh, and are you sitting down? It's the play I'm of Jordan old, Love. I'm, I'm getting old, Gary. I I always sit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, right, my my number one encouraging sign for the Packers was the play of Jordan Love, and I know I'm saying that at perhaps the wrong time because he's coming off you know a really rough outing against the Raiders. He threw three interceptions, but at the same time, Rob, you watched that game in its entirety, and I'm sure you probably watched it again on film. He didn't get a lot of support from his supporting cast. I mean, his receivers were horrible. Uh, By my account, they dropped four passes. The O-line, which I thought was really good, the first two, even into the third game of the season, was 
horrible. I, I, I'm, I shouldn't say horrible, but they weren't very good. And uh, it seemed like love was under pressure the entire time. So I, I, I thought that was, you know, kind of misleading. It was interesting. I was watching the game, and afterwards they went to the local feed in Milwaukee, and right out, right out of the shoot, you know, the broadcaster there just blasts love and what a horrible game he had. And I go, Let, let's keep it in perspective. That whole offense <laughs> was horrible, you know, not just him. But uh, the, the thing that kind of encourages me, is the fact that through five games, he has thrown eight touchdown passes. And when you consider that's more than Dak Prescott, that's more than Joe Burrow, that's more than Justin Herbert, that's more than Lamar Jackson, more than Matthew Stafford, that's pretty darn good for a guy that has had only five games, you know, this season under his belt. So that's my first one. You know, Gary, I've kind of got love in neither category at this point in time. We're going to go three things you're encouraged by, three things you're worried about. And I've kind of got love still in that gray area, Gary. I don't really know where to put him at this point in time. I mean, he, you mentioned the eight touchdown passes, Gary, that, you know, if you're, if you're a Packer fan, the frightening thing is six of them came in the first two games. Correct. Right. Correct. He was six touchdowns, no picks after two weeks. Now he's eight touchdowns, six picks. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the last three games have been six interceptions, two touchdowns. His passer rating was 119 after two games. Today it's 77. So it's fallen by 42 points, Gary. I mean, that's a yeah. that's a dramatic decline. Yeah. But yes, I, I, I think I think we've got to wait in and I know we're in a world today where everybody has to have an opinion the second something happens, Gary. This has to be a deal with Jordan Love where we're going to let 12, 14, even 17 games play out, I think, before we know any concrete answers on if he's the guy moving forward um, to to be Green Bay's quarterback in 2024 and beyond. Remember, Gary, when the Packers redid his contract this offseason, they they kind of hedged their bets. I mean, if 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 they were in Vegas, Gary, if Gutekunst was in Vegas at a, you know, at a, at a roulette table, he he put his chip on one on black and one on red. You know, he he went right down the middle on, yeah. on Jordan Love last I, year. So I, I think people are naive that if they expected Jordan Love to be Aaron Rodgers right off the bat, I mean that that's just moronic. I mean, you and I have talked about it. He he's going to have a roller coaster season. He's going to have good yep. games. He's going to have bad games. But to be honest with you, I, I thought he's played better than I expected. What's fresh in our memories are his last two games, but. He came out of the blocks looking really good, like you said. So, all right, Where Gary. I you... looked, Gary. I, look, I looked it up the other day, and and I'll get to a, one of my encouraging things here in a second. But, but it it is really fascinating. Aaron's first two games as a starter, his passer rating went one fifteen, one seventeen. Okay, mm-hmm. which is right. Jordan was actually a little bit better than that his first two games. Then Aaron's next two games went eighty fifty five. Wow, for passer rating yeah. eighty and then fifty five, and Jordan's gone. 66, 69, 32. I mean, yeah. Jordan's, in a, Jordan's in a rough stretch, but but people forget too. I mean, Aaron Rodgers took over a team that was 13 and three, Gary, and they went six and 10. At, at the end of the day, Aaron's first season was a roller coaster as well. And he was at an identical period and point in his career as to where Jordan Love is today. And it's going to be a little bit, like you said, it's going to be a roller coaster for, for Jordan Love, I think, this season. At the end of the day, this this has to be a year, Gary, and I know, again, everybody wants to judge things at, in the moment, at the exactly. identical time, everything exactly. goes down. We, we have no patience anymore as a society. But this, honestly, Gary, has to be a year that they look at it from a macro level, not a micro level. The, Correct. This Correct. is not a Super Bowl team. It might not even be a playoff team, Gary. Everything here is big picture with the 2023 green Bay Packers, it's, Hey, they're going to be pretty good in a year or two. And what 30 guys on the roster today are still going to be around for that ride. You know, in a year or two is Christian Watson, a legitimate one, right? Is, Mm -hmm. is, 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 um, Aaron Jones worth bringing back? Is it worth paying Darnell Savage any money? Um, which of these offensive linemen can they go ahead and win with? Everything this year, Gary, is about big picture, not small picture, not in the moment, because they're not going to win a Super Bowl. They're not going to host. They're not going to be a one seed again like they were in some of Matt's early years. They're not going to host playoff games in all likelihood. The, the whole point of 2023, Gary, 
is to try to win as many games as you can, build some confidence for these young guys, and get all that dead cap money off the books. People forget Aaron Rodgers is saddling them today with a $40 million cap hit. That is gone next season, Gary. They can go out and spend money on free agents. And if Gutekunst has any kind of success like he did three, four years back when he signed both of the Smiths and Adrian Amos to beef up that defense, he's going to do just fine in the free agent market. And and the biggest question, Gary, they're going to try to answer this year, is Jordan Love going to be under center? you know, over the next five seasons or not? Is is he worth a, you know, is he worth an, a big contract when the season ends? Or do they get into this quarterback rich draft that we have coming in where there's going to be five, six first rounders and people are talking this quarterback group to be a lot like the 83 group that yeah. obviously had Elway and Marino on those guys. So you're absolutely correct. What would be your top one? Yeah, probably my top positive so far has been Rashawn Gary. Um, yeah, good call. And, and, and coming off that knee injury, and and we just didn't know for sure how much he'd play, what we'd see from him. I mean, Gary, he hasn't been Max Crosby, but he has been a borderline game wrecker. You know, he leads him with the four and a half sacks, uh, four tackles for loss. These have all been too in very limited snap counts until the other night in Las Vegas. Now he's going to get the bye. He's going to get rested up a little more healthy. They're going to probably turn him loose more in the, in the second half of the season um, or the second two thirds here, because we're about a third of the way through when they come back off this bye, Gary, um, you know, I expect Rashawn Gary's snaps to probably be in that 45 to 55 range, not 15 to 20 type of a deal. I mean, Think back in game one against the Bears. I think he had 12 that day and still caused all sorts of havoc. I mean, they've he's been on a pitch count. I think they're real close to absolutely turning him loose. And and so far, he looks just like the player that he was before he before he tore up his knee. Yeah, yeah, no, no good call. My uh, second most encouraging thing on my list is a combination of the play of Quay Walker and Darnell Savage. Walker is picking up pretty much where he left off last season when he led the Packers in tackles. And Rob, this guy has a chance to be really good. I, I know he's made some bonehead mistakes, but uh, nobody can can complain about his effort and his uh, production. I mean, he just make he's a tackling machine. And uh, as far as Savage, last year, do you remember when he got benched? <laughs> I do. I, I thought I thought his career was in a world of hurt, but uh, to his credit, he's bounced back and has he had a perfect season so far this year? Absolutely not. I, I saw that he missed two open field tackles, you know, so far through five games, but one of them was with Bijan Robinson and Bijan Robinson can make a lot of good players miss. So, but overall, I mean, he's been so much more engaged, so much more physical uh, he looks like the guy that the Packers drafted, you know, as a number one pick a couple of years ago. So uh, if those two guys keep playing at a high level, I think it bodes well for that defense. I don't agree with everything you said. I won't waste a lot of the podcast telling you why. <laughs> why am I not surprised? Which one did you I, I know you're, you're probably down in Savage, right? I think the overwhelming majority – of Quay Walker's tackles are, are are way too far downfield. He doesn't make enough plays at the line of scrimmage or in the back. Legitimate point. Legitimate he, point. Yep. He, he is Blake Martinez part two at this point in his career, Gary. Everybody but but his, his, his range is so much better than Blake Martinez. Hundred like, percent. I yeah. I don't I don't disagree with you. They need him to make more big plays. You know that they brought him on on blitzes the other night four times, Gary, before he got hurt. He whiffed on all four. Um, couldn't get home again against the quarterback. They need him to be impactful yeah. more than just running ball carriers down and tackling him for seven yard gains. He's got to make more plays at or near the line of scrimmage and stop these plays at two, three yards, not six to seven, which is what Hawk and Martinez kind of were known for during their time. But great. Hey, makes a lot of tackles and, and that's important. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's very good at that, but Gary, he's still not very good at getting off of blocks, if if some of these linemen can get to the second level, they're gobbling up Walker. He's not great in pass coverage, and when again, when they've brought him on blitzes where they need him to be effective, he hasn't he hasn't finished there. I'm with you. I think Savage has taken a jump. 
I'm not sure I'd give them a second contract. Um, you know, they've got to make that decision here at the end of the season. What, you know, how much money is he worth? Is, is he worth bringing back for, for another contract? He does still miss a lot of tackles, Gary, in the open field. He's on the ground a lot. He whiffs, but he's been dramatically better than last year, obviously when, when he was benched. So, so that I, I do like that one. I think that's pretty good. Okay. And your number two would be. He's going to be the kicker. Good old. Oh, wow. My guy, Anders, Gary. Your guy, <laughs> Anders. <laughs> who, uh, who, as you know, I was all over in the preseason. and Yes, uh, you were. You were. Me and, too, and, though. And Gary, yeah, he I, is, I, I, you weren't alone. He is yet to miss a kick. He is 17 of 17 on all kicks combined. And I throw extra points in there these days, Gary, when I say all kicks, because they are 32 yards now. It's it's yeah. not like the old days when it was 20. I mean, there's there's a lot of field goals that are 32 yards. And, you know, so Carlson technically is 7 of 7 on his field goals. He's got a long of 52. Um, he's 2 of 2, Gary, beyond 50 yards which is uh, extremely impressive, obviously. He's 10 of 10 on, on extra points. He he can drive the ball as far as they tell him to drive it. You know, there's a couple of times teams have had returns. That hasn't been because Carlson has mishit a kickoff or anything, Gary. Those are all planned where Basaccia sees something that he likes and and believes they can attack a guy and uh, and make a tackle inside the 25, and they tell Carlson to hit a shorter kick, and he goes ahead and he does that. Otherwise, he booms the ball out of the end zone, Gary. He, you know, he, he's a young kid who we, we said has a lot to prove back in, you know, August, September when that, when this thing got started while well, five games in Gary, he's proving, um, you know, I think everything that, that green Bay could have asked now it's going to get tougher, right? The weather's going to change here. It's already in the middle of changing. The Packers have had most of their games away from home so far, still have a, still have a road game coming in, in week seven here against Denver before they start playing most of their games or, you know, 60% of them at home over the last 10 weeks, Gary. So it's going to get trickier for Carlson. Lambeau's not an easy place to kick. These numbers could certainly look different in December or January. But as we sit here on October 12th, Andres Carlson has been a tremendous, tremendous positive and uh, a huge surprise, I would say, for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. I, I just remember when he missed those two extra points in preseason, and I'm thinking, like, what the hell was Gutekunst and, you know, company thinking? You know, I mean, high school kids don't miss back-to-back extra points, but he's turned it around, and he looks confident. So, I mean, there hasn't been any situation where he flinched or he thought, like, he might even choke or whatever. Uh, he, he's been rock solid. So, yeah, totally agree with you. And it's funny, Rob, because that was my third choice. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, very mediocre minds, Gary, sometimes think alike. I like how you put that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll move on. So, I, I, like I said, I, I took Carlson, and, and he's been, you know, everything uh, the Packers had hoped so far. So you went Carlson, Love, Walker, Savage, those guys. Correct. Uh huh. And you're All right. Third. And I'm yeah. with Sean, Gary, Anders, Carlson. And then, you know, Gary, it it, it hasn't always been pretty. And and I don't think we expected it to be pretty, but I I think there have been some positives overall from this young wide receiver group. And so I'm going to give you that for number three. And it it could could almost just as easily be a negative because there's as many negatives probably as positives. But, But I think back to 2008, Gary, the last time they made a quarterback change and and went from Favre to Rodgers and transitioned that thing. And, and 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 Aaron Rodgers walked into Greg Jennings in year three, who was right then becoming a Pro Bowl player. Donald Driver, who was the all-time leader in Green Bay in pass catching, in in, in receptions and, and total yards. Jordy Nelson, who was on the brink of becoming an absolute stud, and James Jones, you know, who again his first year with Favre, I think, caught fifty plus passes. Uh, you know, James Jones was an outstanding you know, Green Bay Packer, you know, for stretches of his career as well. So, so his top four, when Rogers got there, Gary, his top four were, were Jennings, Driver, Nelson, and Jones. I mean, good luck finding me a better top four in, in yeah, the national football. Yeah, that's a pretty football. darn good quartet, yeah. I mean, and he, and he took over a team, Gary, that was 13-3 and three and an overtime away from going to the Super Bowl. Um, Jordan Love has walked into a situation where 
you know, they were they were eight and nine a year ago. They missed the playoffs. It was a very average to below average football team. And he's been given this group of wide receivers that are all in year one or two. Um, and again, I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave love right now in the gray area because I, I haven't really decided where to put him overall. But I think there have been enough positives where I'm going with all this, Gary, in that wide receiver group between Dubs and and Reed and Musgrave and Wicks and Watson to to make you think that three or four of these guys will be along for the ride by about 2025 when this organization, I think starts to challenge for really big things again, because that's about the time I think, I think it's going to happen. You know, I, I, I dubs was really quiet, obviously the other night in Las Vegas, he was only targeted a couple of times, same with Jaden Reed, but I think they're both off to really strong starts. You think a Reed is a rookie, Gary finds the end zone twice against Atlanta. You look at Dubs, he leads him in touchdowns. He's got three there. He leads him in catches with 21. Musgrave right out of the shoot, Gary. I mean, he he's going to be a guy that that for the next five years, if he stays healthy, is going to catch between 60 and 90 balls a season. They're going to they're gonna force feed Musgrave the ball. And, and I think he's he he's going to more than be capable of handling it. He's already got 18 catches, Gary, in these five games. I will tell you the one guy who concerns me a little bit is Christian Watson, who, who, who they need and they want to become their number one wide receiver, Gary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, he has begun this season by, by battling injury. He gets back on the field, probably his most healthy game came Monday night um, a, a, against the Raiders. And he gets an old man and Marcus Peters that, you know, we're, we're told Christian Watson has four to eight speed, Gary. That's what he timed at his pro day coming out of school. And and an old man like Marcus Peters runs him down when that should have been a touchdown on 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 the busted coverage deep pass in that game. And then Gary, the the way Watson fought or didn't fight for that ball to end the football game was ridiculous. Um, and just a a, a huge a huge red check mark against Christian Watson, Gary, because at worst there. And I'm talking about the play to end the game, obviously. Yeah. At worst, at worst, Watson has to be called, you know, to go break that up. If even if he has to, Gary, tackle that defensive back uh, and get the offensive pass interference and let the Packers live another day, just 15 yards back, and 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 keep the ball. He cannot. His effort, Gary, to try to attack that football was so feeble. You know, I I, I think he almost needs to to spend the to spend the bye week finding Dorothy and Toto and visiting the Wizard of Oz and asking for some toughness. Um hey, maybe, Gary, maybe could maybe could contact Aaron Rodgers and they could have a you know meeting <laughs> and go into a dark room and you know everything there you go. Right. <laughs> I mean Gary it's it it you know Green Bay has this reputation right now being a soft football team and, and that play yeah. kind of epitomized it. And yeah. And, and, and a wide receiver has to fight for that ball. He didn't. So back to your initial point where guys let Jordan Love down in that football game, I can't think of a greater example than that play where Christian Watson let down the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. You know, a couple of quick things, Rob, on that last play. You know, obviously Watson's been kind of plagued by his hamstring, and I'm sure that's still in the back of his mind. But he, he did blow by that cornerback. I can't think of the dude's name but he he beat him he had him beat by four or five yards and if i have one issue with jordan love so far it's that he has constantly underthrown the deep ball and i know his arm is strong enough but he's been throwing them short instead of making the receivers you know run for it but uh getting back to that last play i watched it probably four or five times okay and nobody has brought this up. And I, and I know it's kind of nitpicking and in today's NFL, it doesn't matter. But when Watson blew by him, he kind of waited for the ball to come down, right? And as he was waiting for the ball to come down, the cornerback who had been beaten was running into him and he subtly pushed off and he created a separation. And then he went up and picked the pass. And, you know, I, I guess you can view it as saying, hey, they were battling for the ball. But from my perspective, it was past interference. I, I don't care if it was subtle or not. He put his hands on them, and uh, that was enough to uh, create that edge. The other thing I was going to say to you, Rob, did you see see uh, LaFleur on the sidelines? Yeah, I did afterwards. I mean, no, during the play? All right, yeah. After, after, well, I saw after the play ended when they zoomed to him. 
Yeah, no, this, this was during the play, during the actual, when the ball is thrown in the air, right? He had seen Watson blow by this guy, right? He starts yeah. jumping up and down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he went crazy. He thought, oh, there, there it is. There's the game, you know? And, yep. uh, well, that, w- that wasn't the game. So, And just, you know, and, and back to love, Gary, for a second. That, that is the one thing. I mean, there, there's a few things that he obviously needs a lot of work on, but but his ability to hit deep balls and his overall accuracy has has not been great, Gary. He's he's only completing 55% of his throws, yeah. which in, in, in today's NFL, where every rule is set up and structured for the offense to succeed, and over the last 30 years we've seen it, they keep taking more and more and more away from defenses. A 55% completion percentage today, Gary, is probably like a 45 back in 1990. Everybody completes 62 to 70% of their throws today. So so Jordan has to take a major step in that category. And and, and I get it. And I know that that you know these young receivers have made mistakes and they're not helping him out at, at various point in time. You know, he's he's not playing with a stacked deck the way Aaron Rodgers did 15 years ago. And that makes things tricky for LaFleur and Love and and really the whole offense. But um you know, some of this is on Jordan too. His accuracy. Oh, is absolutely. You know, the other thing too. You know, you, you were talking about accuracy, and and I I am on the same page with you on that. But if you go back and 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 look at it, those four drops, okay, and there might have been more. That that those to me were like clear drops, okay. Let's say those balls are caught, right? He's suddenly twenty or thirty, okay. And what is that? 66, 67%. Yep. 0.666 goes for know, So, so, I mean, it's a little deceiving, a little deceptive when you look at those stats and you think like if those balls are caught, especially if he throws the ball on the money on the, on the last page, I think the uh, narrative of Jordan love would be a little different. Yeah, ifs and buts, candy and nuts, Gary. You know, <laughs> Christmas every freaking day. But um, but you know what? I guarantee Gary, you. Like, yeah, you know, and Gary, I, I understand your point, and there's some validity to it. But you can go through any game, any game that happened last Sunday, right? How many how many balls were dropped by the Rams for Matthew Stafford, right? Or how? Or how I, many, you know what though? I don't think. How, how, I don't how many think how so, many though. happened in Pittsburgh for Kenny Pickett, or or how many you know happened in Indianapolis for Gardner Minshew, right? Well, I I mean. My I think four is a lot, Rob. I really do. There's drop. There's drops all around the league. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre had a lot of balls dropped on them as well, Gary. You know, I mean, every game you expect a couple, a couple. Now yeah, four, is, I, I four agree. is too many, Gary. Yep, four I is agree. a lot. You're not wrong. Four is high. Um, a one or two, yes. That 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 yeah. is more. No, difficult. no, I agree with you. So, anyways, okay, moving on along. Uh, do you want to go first with your discouraged aspect of the Packers play through five games? Absolutely. I'm going to start with the head coach, Gary. Um, wow. Coming right out of the shit at, at, at Matt LaFleur. You know, Gary, we heard all offseason, and I was one of the people trumpeting this message. I had the megaphone, Gary, and I said, you are now finally going to get to see Matt LaFleur's offense. Mm-hmm. Gary, if this is what it is, <laughs> I mean, some of these fans might want to close their eyes or put a bag over their head. It At least the last three games. They're there has not been a lot to hang their hat on, Gary. We are we are almost a third into the season, and, and I don't think this team has an offensive identity. Gary, if you told me what it is they're particularly good at, I, I don't know what we where we'd even start. For years, we knew Aaron Rodgers came to the line of scrimmage and changed X amount of plays. We never knew what X was. Was mm-hmm. it 20%, 33%, 15%, 40%? We didn't know, Gary. We were always guessing. And and Aaron took a lot of crap for it, and 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 again, I was the one, be- I was one of the people beating the drum, saying Aaron needs to stop changing all these plays. Well, Gary, as I sit here five weeks into the season, I'm starting to wonder. Maybe Aaron knew what he was doing. Maybe Aaron was right. Maybe Aaron, who always thought he was the smartest man in the room, maybe he was the smartest man in the room, Gary. <laughs> the offense has not been close, not even remotely close to good or I think what any of us expected. Gary, they're 28th in total offense, 28th in rush, middle of the pack in scoring. They actually have scored the ball okay. Uh, But again, what's the offensive identity, right? They don't throw the ball particularly well. 
They're averaging three and a half yards a carry on the ground. The offensive line hasn't blocked well or really pass blocked well in, in either element. Uh, Matt hasn't been particularly creative after the first two games. I think, I think people have adjusted to Matt and Jordan Gary far better than Matt has adjusted to opposing defensive coordinators. I think Matt schemed up a lot of things for the start of the season for that bears game and that Falklands game that gave Jordan a, a chance to succeed. I think people have come back here in this, in this game of chess, which is the, what the NFL is find the weakness in the other, in the other team and the other player. And they have had far more chess moves than Matt LaFleur has had Gary. I would say through five games, Matt LaFleur has been a colossal disappointment as a play caller, as an, an offensive coach. Yeah, I, I certainly understand where you're coming from on this. I, I guess I'm going to take a little different uh, perspective on this and saying I'm going to hold off on criticizing LaFleur for the simple reason is that we all agree if Bakhtiari is in there, that offensive line is like maybe what, one of the top six, eight in the NFL. With Bakhtiari out of there, who knows? Then compound that with Jenkins. Jenkins missed what, two games, one game? Yeah, really just one, Gary. Yeah. Okay, so you got that. But He's a but, tough SOB, but, man. But, but the biggest aspect, his best offensive player, and I think you're going to be on, on the same page with me here, is Aaron Jones. It, it, it's incredible. When Aaron Jones is out of the game, they are a totally different team. They, they, they lost perhaps their best weapon. But, again, I, I agree from the standpoint, Packers had, what, 10 points against the Raiders, whatever it was? Yeah, 13, same deal. Thir- thir- 13, yeah. I mean, that that's inexcusable. I mean, the Raiders are a bad team, <laughs> and uh, they, they should have racked up more. But I, I'm going to hold off uh, on the uh, criticism towards LaFleur until – well, I mean, Bakhtiari is not coming back, but Jones definitely has to come back, and I want to see what happens then. But that's funny that you said that. My biggest discouragement uh, item was the Packers' rushing attack, and, and you and I before the season thought, like, hey, this is going to be the strength of their team. Yeah. It's, it's been anything but that. Uh, Jones, as I said, has been banged up. He hasn't, you know, been the guy that we expected because of that. And Dylan is a one-trick pony. He runs between the tackles. It's all inside. He doesn't have any elusiveness. He he can't get to the outside. He, he's not really a guy you can spread wide and throw him the ball. So that's my number one discouraging aspect through the first five games. My second one, Gary, is going to be the O-line. I played a little game with a couple of the other beat writers. We were driving out of Chicago together in week one, and and we all said – we kind of played a game in the car and said – we said, how many games do you think you're going to get out of Bakhtiari? And and I think the average <laughs> guess, I think the average guess was like 13. And what? Yes, I mean, I mean, Gary, he closed last year strong. He played 550 snaps roughly last year. I thought they had a plan in place. And and again, a lot of the stuff that has come up with it with that knee, none of us knew about at the time. And the Packers and Bakhtiari were still trying to get answers on it at that point in time. But I thought their plan, kind of like to treat him like they did with old Chad Clifton back in the day and, and pretty much give him the practice week off. Old Older player, veteran, smart, show up on Sundays, kick some tail, and they could probably get three quarters of the games out of him. I really okay. thought they could, Gary. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and they're going to wind up having gotten one game out of him, 50 yeah. offensive snaps or whatever they played that day down in Chicago. But it extends more than that. They obviously lost their left tackle, and they and, and the guy they're trying there right now is a tomato can. He absolutely, you know, he, yeah, absolutely. he absolutely is not an NFL starter. It, it 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 has become apparent, I think, to everybody that Rasheed Walker is 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 not a an NFL starting caliber left tackle. And that Gary, that might jump to the number one need in the draft for the Packers. We'll see how the sure. how the season plays out. But they better get Jordan Love a left tackle. Um, or they better come out of this by Gary and say, Hey, Zach, Tom, you're the left tackle now or something or Elton Jenkins. You're going back over there. Yash, you're our new left tackle. I mean, because I, I, I don't know, Gary, to, to try to get through the season with Rashid Walker is, is risky business. They might, they might get that quarterback killed, but, it, but it's not just him. The center hasn't been particularly good. 
you know, I know Runyon and Jenkins are hurt and, and they've been beat up. I give them credit for, for fighting through their injuries and, and playing the other night, uh, you know, but they haven't been as good as they've been in, in past seasons either by far, Gary, their best offensive lineman has been Zach Tom. Um, yep, I, 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 think, agree. I think they have found that moving forward, they have themselves probably a potential pro bowl player there with him, wherever they wind up putting him. Um, so, I mean, actually we can put Zach Tom, from our earlier discussion up into the, into the list of things you're encouraged by, but the rest of that offensive line, Gary and Aaron Rodgers, the majority of his 15 years, I mean, he had, he had a top five offensive line. Most of his time in green Bay, Jordan love does not have that right now. I don't know if there's enough pieces on the roster for this to turn into a top five offensive line They're They're obviously scrambling with the Bakhtiari injury to, to try to get things fixed. And and that's something they're going to have to do in the bye week Gary, because right now, as we sit here after five games, the O line is something I think we should be com- in, extremely discouraged by. Yeah. You know what, Rob, uh, prior to the draft, I, I thought the Packers might take an offensive tackle because I had absolutely no faith in Bakhtiari holding up. I mean, yeah. In, in light of what has happened the last two years, and you're talking about a knee, it, it sounds like that knee is just totally, totally ravaged. Uh, I, I just can't see him playing again, but maybe I'll be wrong. But uh, the other thing, when I was at the uh, Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, there was talk, and, and it came from some pretty good people down there, that Bakhtiari wanted out of Green Bay. And, uh, you know, obviously that didn't happen. But again, you're, you're spot on. I, I think they they got a major major problem at left tackle, and that's the worst place to have a major problem on the offensive line, you know. So uh, yeah, no, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. My my number two discouragement uh, of the first five games is Devontae Wyatt. Um, I really thought he was coming on strong last year, and I still think he's got a pretty big upside, but. Uh, through through the first five games, he's been pretty much, you know, a non-factor. You know, he's really good in that opener, Gary, in, in Chicago. Yeah, um, yeah, one he's game. Certainly been, he's certainly been quiet since then, and and yes, I mean, it's let's let that play out a little bit longer. But but you're not, you know, you're not you're not wrong. I mean, they they needed him to take a big jump, but he's one of the big reasons too that defensive line has struggled at times and, and they have struggled stopping the run, which is the same old story in green Bay, Gary, let me just really quick, go back to Bakhtiari and, 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 and I understand your point. And, and I thought there was a chance they would move him this off season too, especially when he had a couple of negative comments about, you know, the green Bay and rebuilding and, and yep, this kind of stuff. Exactly. I think, it, it it appeared to me like whatever. I mean, th- these players are smart, Gary. They know how to work their way out of town. And and, and he wanted to hook up. I, I think we all know deep down he wanted to hook up with his old pal Aaron in, in New York and, and Cobb and, and, and Alan Lazard and Amos and all the, you know, all the ex Packers that appear to have gone to the jets now to die green Bay's cap right now on Bakhtiari Gary is 21.3 million this year. It would have cost them about that much to get him off the roster, you know, just with dead cap money. So it kind of came down to like, all right, he's going to cost X amount against the cap, whether he's on the team or off the team. So if you're Mm -hmm. the Packers, why not try to squeeze a season out of him, right? Why not? Why not try to get eight, 10, 12, 15 games if everything goes really well? If it's a utopian world, sneak that many games out of Bakhtiari. Obviously it blew up in their face. It doesn't look good right now, right? He's he's gobbling up ten percent of the cap in his twenty-one million. But what fans don't realize, Gary, yeah, I mean that's mind-boggling, Rob. When you think of it, ten percent of the cap. It is. I mean, Gary, they should have never given him that third no. contract in the first place. It's totally agree. It's far, it's, it's far and away. Brian Gutekunst has two major flaws on his resume right now. It's that contract to David Bakhtiari, the third one to an offensive lineman. Who, I mean, we, we can trace history, Gary. There are not many situations where third contracts to offensive linemen seem to pay off. That's when their bodies start to break down between 29 and 31, 32. And most of the time, Ted and Gutekunst have been really smart with that. You know, let, letting guys like, you know, TJ Lang or Josh Sitton or Corey Lindsley or, or whoever it is walk and, and not give them that third contract. And, 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 and they go Brian Bulaga, right. And they go somewhere else and, and they play 50% of the games. They didn't do that with Bakhtiari. And and that has blown up on Gutekunst. And then, you know, 
kudos to Gutekunst for trading Aaron Rodgers, I say, Gary, but he did it a year or two too late. He could have got a Russell Wilson type of uh, package from somebody if he had done it a year or two earlier. He waited too long, you know, and he got the – you know, he, he wound up getting what's what's going to be, what, a swap of first-round picks in two seconds when this is all said and done, which which isn't terrible for the point in time they traded him. But, Gary, had they traded him a year or two earlier, I think they would have gotten a King's ransom at that point in time, you know, with, with Aaron coming off of MVP seasons. Um, so, I you know, I, I think he should have started the rebuild a little bit earlier, Gary. I, I felt after – that San Francisco game that they lost 13, 10 in the NFC divisional round in 2021, yeah. that their run was over. That was it. That was the time to move on from Aaron, from Devante, from Bakhtiari, from whoever start clearing cap room, get younger and still get a ton of draft picks for Aaron. And I wrote it time and time again. Now's the time to trade Aaron. He didn't do it, Gary. And that, that to me is a a, a flaw against Brian Gutekunst. Gutekunst has done a lot of really good things. I think overall, Gary, He's, you know, I'd, I'd give him a B as a general manager, but you know, we're, we were on the Bakhtiari talk for a second. Bakhtiari and Rogers, to me, trading Rogers too late are are a couple of real strikes against against Brian Gutekunst. Fair enough. Uh, so why, I, don't I go, I why don't I go to my third thing, Gary? That's a disappointment. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'm going to make it a combination, Gary, of of and, and you already touched on the running, the rushing offense. I, I'm I'm going to just make it rushing offense, rushing defense combined. Because at the end yeah. of the day in, in this league, if you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run, like like Ron Wolf always said, uh, th- this game is still pretty simple. It comes down to line of scrimmage and tackling, run the ball, stop the run. The other stuff is is all, you know, is is all fun to to put on highlight shows and the 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 glitter and the glitz of of passing attacks like the Chiefs and the Rams at times and things like that are a lot of fun for fans, but it still does come down to basic fundamentals and and running the football, stopping the run, being a sound tackling team are are still enormous parts of, of this game. If you can't block and you can't tackle in this league, Gary, you don't have a chance. Well, they don't stop the run, which which has been the the same story and the same thing in Green Bay for I don't know 15 years. Let's go back to Dom Capers and and they're not stopping. They're not stopping the run today, Gary. They're they're 27th in rushing defense. They were a little better the other night again against uh, Josh Jacobs out out there in Las Vegas. But for the most part, some of these backs like Montgomery with the Lions or Robinson with the Falcons um, have absolutely killed them. And then again, we we've touched on it. I know Aaron Jones is gone, but they can't run the football, Gary. And 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 everybody in this league, Gary has has injuries, right? I mean, the Browns are missing Nick Chubb and the, and the Rams didn't play for a month without, you know, Cooper cup and Minnesota doesn't have Jefferson now, right? The jets don't have good old Aaron. The giants don't have four of their offensive linemen. Everybody's hurt. It's not an excuse. And, and here we are with green Bay. I mean, I, I think we all misjudged AJ Dillon and, and his ability and, and his talent level. He's not the same player that came into the league in 2020, who who had some explosiveness at that point in time. Um, you remember that night against against Tennessee, um, and where he completely outplayed Derrick Henry in that December game when they were down Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones late in the season of 2020. AJ Dillon doesn't look anything like that player, Gary. Today, it it, it hurts them obviously that they're missing Aaron Jones, but they also. I think they also miscalculated where AJ Dillon is as a football player. Patrick Taylor has, you know, offers absolutely nothing from a speed standpoint and a in 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 any elusiveness. He he's just a guy, you know. So Gary, they're they're not very good. They're not very deep at that position once Aaron Jones is off the field. And you know that that that's again that's just another spot Brian Gutekunst probably needed to make better this particular offseason. He didn't do it. He failed. And the run game has been a disaster. Yeah, that, that that's the problem with modern football. You, you, I don't care what team you you are. You're going to have holds. I mean, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. They have holds. I mean, you can only fill so many with the amount of money you have available. And uh, But I, I am a little surprised they don't have kind of a fleet-footed back as their third back. You know, somebody that could get out of – not I'll get to the corner on a run, but could be used in the in the pass game. You know, a, a poorer version of Aaron Jones, in other words. But uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you on all fronts. The injuries, I, I I also agree with you. I mean, that that's part of the game. But 
I'm telling you, you look at the Packers. I mean, geez, Bakhtiari, all pro. Jenkins, all pro. Um, Jones, all pro. Campbell, who was, you know, he was all pro, what, two years ago? Yep. So so you're talking about four Pro Bowl players right there. Uh, you know, Rashawn Gary was on a pitch count for most of these games so far. And, and we haven't even talked about Stokes, who, you know, he's not a great player, but he's a good player. So, and it's only five games into the season. <laughs> so uh, unless they uh, have better luck in the uh, injury department, you know, they're, they're going to have their challenges uh, going forward. Gary, injuries are always the story in Green Bay, though, every year. I, I think it's an organizational yeah. approach. It's a mentality. Some, I, I think in a lot of organizations, some of these guys would have been on the field. Green Bay bubble wraps their guys in the offseason. They have uh, an incredibly conservative group of doctors. I, I know this might not be a popular opinion in 2023 where everybody gets a trophy and we're, we're probably the softest as a country we've ever been, but let me get on my soapbox for a second here. When it comes to these injured guys, I, I see Aaron Jones the other night and I love Aaron Jones. You know that he's absolutely he's one of my yeah. favorite guys in that locker room. Right. But he, you know, they show him entering the game and he's got on that silly sombrero that he wears. Yeah. And, 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 and we know he's not going to come close Gary to stepping foot on the field that night. And, and according to a, re, a report, Matt, Matt LaFleur was quote unquote exasperated by that news because he's so frustrated with some of this injury stuff going on. Gary, I don't want to go as far as saying shame these players because that that's probably too much, but leave them home. All these injured guys travel with the team and, and, and I, and I've never really understood why they're not going to step on the field. They're the, the risk of a distraction to me is high, especially in a city like Las Vegas of getting into trouble. You want to get back on the field as quick as possible. I can't imagine if you have a hamstring problem like Aaron Jones, Flying across the country is a real good cure or solution for that. So leave these guys at home, have them get healthy as soon as possible, and then they can quote-unquote be part of the team again. Until then, to me, Gary, they're just guys in the tub trying to get ready uh, to play. If, if I'm a coach, Gary, and again, I know this isn't popular in 2023 because we got to give everybody a hug and tell everybody you know that they're validated. Um, Gary, I leave these guys at home. Like, like they did in the old days, like old school football. And then when you're healthy enough to go, then you can come and, and, and play with the team. And Gary, guess what? That might get them on the field a little bit quicker. Yeah. Boy, Rob, I, I can't believe this, but it nowhere has blown by. <laughs> blown by. We, we, and we, have, we, we haven't even addressed three other topics I wanted to address. <laughs> well, let's hit them real quick. Well, you know – it would take too much time, but if you want to go real quickly, like in the next two, three minutes, talk about the remaining schedule. Okay. They got 12 games left. You, I think predicted what nine wins for the Packers. I actually predicted 10 Gary. And, and yeah, and I was nine. Ahead. Yeah. Right. One, yeah. one fewer than yours. They got 12 games left. Uh, are you sticking by your 10 game prediction? I guess Gary, until they have eight losses, I'm not jumping off that. <laughs> I'm not jumping up. Hey, hey, Gary. I mean, let's be honest, right? This this schedule is not daunting by by any stretch of the imagination. I agree, totally. totally. You know the 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 only teams they were playing, Gary, all season long that won a playoff game last year were the Giants and the Chiefs, right? And the and the Giants are a disaster. One of the teams on the schedule, Gary, that you know, that, that they're going to see twice. That was a playoff team last year is the Vikings and the Vikings are probably a bigger mess than, than the Packers. I mean, you, you go through and you look at this, right? Broncos, bad Vikings, bad Rams, average, you know, Steelers, average chiefs, obviously very good chargers. Good, but, but you know, Panthers really bad, you know, giants and bears bad, right? Most of these teams on the the schedule are bad. So I, I, again, I, Nothing we've seen in the first five games, Gary, to me is a great surprise. I've said this all along. I think they will be dramatically better in the second half than the first when these young guys start getting all these reps and snaps under their belt. I think the last six games of the year, I mean, Gary, if if, if they're not making tremendous progress by the end of the year, then that's a real concern. But I yes. think they're 
going to. And I, I, I think, you know, from about Thanksgiving on, you're, you're going to see the Packers play some pretty darn good football and they've got a chance to do it against some teams that are pretty bad, Gary. And that's where they could really pad that record. Yeah, I, I agree. They got a four game stretch that I think is going to be really challenging for them. They, they go to Pittsburgh, which is never easy. Yep. They got the chargers. Then they got, they have to go to Detroit and then they got Kansas city and, I'll be surprised if they come away with a win in any of those. But having said that, their final four games are against New York, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Minnesota. And to me, those are all very winnable games. So um, it'll be yeah, Gary, Gary, you also forgot that they end the season at home with the Bears after Minnesota. Oh, yeah, and the Bears. Correct. Correct. So, so no, the, 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 those final five games, Gary, are probably against five teams that will not be in the playoffs. Yeah, and as of now, only one of those teams, Tampa Bay, has a winning record. So right. they, 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 at the very least, they should win four games unless they're so demoralized at that time. But, you know, if they, they keep their uh, focus, I, I think they'll be fine. No, and again, like we've talked about a million times on, on this podcast, and, 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 and I think the fan base needs to hear this, though, Gary, for the for the one million and one th- first time. <laughs> <laughs> this is about the, the this is this is a growth year a developmental year they won't call it a rebuild you know but it but it's a rediscover a retool a refined refined who your guys are going to be in 2024 and 2025 moving forward you know for the most part Gary I would say over the last 30 years the Packers have gone for it and 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 tried their darndest to win Super Bowls whether you know whether you agree or disagree with that sure. draft or develop philosophy they they've always been pressed against the cap they've they've always given second contracts to guys they believe can play instead of letting them walk out the door and and made them the highest paid players at their particular positions that's how Ted Thompson and Brian Gutekunst have largely approached free agency this is just one of those weird hump years Gary kind of a weird year that that they're just not quote unquote going for it. They're trying to get their books right, and they're trying to find out who on this roster can help them down the road. And that's what this year need really needs to be about. And you know, Gary, I mean, if they end up seven and ten when it's all said and done, versus nine and eight or ten and seven, really, who cares? What what's the difference? You probably get the better draft pick, and you find out that hey, you know, these twenty guys can't play. These twenty guys cannot be part of a quote unquote championship roster. And you dump them this this off season, and and you move on. This is all about this. This is a fact finding season for Green Bay, Gary. And yeah. I know the fan base doesn't always love to hear that because they've been blessed with thirty straight years of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and you know making runs at Super Bowls. But that is what twenty twenty three is. Well said, Mister Rachel. Thanks again for uh, your acumen in, in gracing us. With all that insight, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of good stuff, and, and, and I really well, appreciate it. And, I don't know uh, how much insight, Gary. Always, always a lot of rants, but I don't know. I don't know on the insight, but I appreciate the nice words. Yeah, but <laughs> but they're quality rants. There you go. <laughs> so, well, thanks, Rob, and uh, thanks again to our uh, loyal listeners. Take care, and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.